Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. in the house of the Lord this morning. I pray y'all had a good week. I pray you felt love this past week. I know Valentine's just passed. I know the Mahomies are happy, right? And the Chiefs fans in the house. They're happy the way the Super Bowl played out. Well, today we're concluding the series we've been in, Relationship Goals. And it's really a series that could have been, man, it could have been like 12 weeks. We could have spent months weeks on this series, just talk about all the different things in relationships. But I really wanted to just give you a couple of key things that I find to be valuable in relationships. And last week, we talked about, you know, friends and family, probably two of the most hardest groups that we all have when it comes to relationships. How, and sometimes the way to love them is to set boundaries with them. Maybe sometimes it means creating distance. Sometimes it even means the removal of a relationship for a period. And that's always hard to do when it's somebody you care about, you love. But I, I promise you, on the other side of implementing God's word and kind of his examples in our life, man, there's always a blessing attached to it that is greater um, than anything we ever release. And, you know, today we're going to be looking at relationships with children, relationships with parents, and even romantic partners, okay? So I'm excited to get into this, but more than anything, I know we got to go to God with it. Because I can't, I can't follow my own wisdom on the wisdom of men or experience of anybody else but God. And so I really pray that he would just, man, speak to us uh, in, in a way that, that shakes us up. In a way that maybe, you know, just reshapes our mind, our thought about relationships and just the people in our life. And so, man, let's, let's go to him right now. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your design of relationships and just the blessings that it brings, Father. It does more than just bring love to our life, Lord. It brings correction. It brings discipline. It brings so many things that shape us to be better people, shape us to be people that reflect your image. And so, Lord, I just pray that uh, as we gather in your name this morning, that you would just have your way, that your Holy Spirit would just saturate and consume us in every way that is needed, Lord. We all want to be loved, Lord. We all struggle to be loved. We struggle to give love. Uh, but you are the author of love. You are love. And so help us, man, just learn from you, bathe in you, soak in you, and walk with you in this. Father, we just thank you for this. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I like that. You know, before we even get into to the kids or even romantic partners, I want to talk about relationships with parents. You know, like I said, truthfully, each one of these groups is, is a group we could have spent a lot of time talking about and really trying to find key ways to have healthy relationships. 
But parents, whether you know it or not, they lay the foundation for the relationships you're in right now. They lay how you act in those relationships, who you are in relationships. And a lot of times we don't realize that because not everybody has the best relationships with their parents. And so if you are a person that you don't have a good relationship with your parents, I first off, I just want to say, I'm sorry. That's not God's design. That's not his will for you to have a bad relationship with them. It's one of the things when you're younger, right? All you know as a kid is the things you experience with them. It isn't until you're older and then you're like, you know what? The tables have turned now. Because now once the people that were caring for you, you are in the position to care for them. And let's be real. People as a whole are some vengeful people. We always want people to experience the same pain, the same anger, the same neglect, all the same feelings that we've had. Because why? Well, we don't feel like it's unfair that we're the only ones affected by it, right? And often, the way our parents make us feel is something we want them to understand. And so sometimes we express it in really hurtful and harmful ways. And so I want us to start there because, like I said, it wasn't God's design for anybody to have difficult or bad parents. But it's something that happens from time to time. And it's something that is hard to shake. It's something that you got to learn to walk through and process and grow in. We often don't think about how they were when they were raising you. Like I said, as a kid, you just think about how you experienced and what you felt. And you never think about the other side of it until you're a parent yourself. And you realize something when you become a parent that you're always just trying to do the best that you know. But we don't ever view that with our parents right. Somehow we always think about our parents and we think, man, they should have known better. They should have loved me better. They should have cared for me in a way that they knew I needed. But sometimes they're just doing the best that they do. And one thing I do know, whatever that impact your relationship with them is, is our relationships with them, it impacts the relationships we have today. And I want us to start off by taking this away this morning. Loving your parents will make you a better parent and person. Loving your parents is gonna make you a better parent and person. How we love them, how we honor them, man, it's gonna help you be a better parent when it's your time. It's gonna help you be a better person in general. And that's always easier to say whenever you've had good parents, right? Oh man, my parents are awesome, it's easy to love them. And it's definitely difficult Whenever the parent that you had hurt you, they neglected you, they, they were harmful to you. <coughs> it's hard. Sometimes loving them means going back to those principles, right? Of setting boundaries, of creating distance, of even removal at times. And that's a hard thing to do. <coughs> loving your parents is never saying that how they abuse you, neglect you, or hurt you, or run you over is giving them a free pass. But it's also remembering that it's not our job to hand out punishment. We're not the judge. We don't get to say what happens to a person. We all have to answer for our own actions, and so do they. And one thing you find when you read the Word of God is He takes the relationship with our parents very seriously. From the Old Testament before Jesus came to the New Testament, when Jesus arrives and He gives us an example, He keeps talking about relations with the parents. Because a lot of things we don't realize get passed on from them. And a lot of times we're passing on the same things. 
I want to read from us in Exodus chapter 20. At this point, God had led Israel to get ready to receive the promised land. But before he did this, he pulled Moses to the side. He said, man, I got a bunch of instructions. I want to guide their lives so we can stay in close connection, stay in close relationship so we can have a healthy relationship. But also you can see the blessing and be a good steward. And one of what we talked about was this verse on the screen in Exodus 20. He said, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long life, a full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. He's saying, man, don't allow what they've done or what they're currently doing to you keep you from what I'm asking of you. We hurt ourselves. We hurt our kids. We hurt other people, but we don't honor our parents. We shortchange the blessing that God has for each one of us when we don't honor and love our parents. And I understand, man, loving them, honoring them, it might not be an easy thing to do with your history with them. And oftentimes we reject them doing it and loving and honoring them because we feel like it's just saying what they've done to us is okay. But God is saying, man, I need you to trust what I'm asking of you. I need you to trust that I'm going to handle this situation with them. And what I'm giving you is an opportunity to change your situation and the one to come. I say this because sometimes we don't realize the brokenness or the things that our parents had when they were trying to raise us. That's something for myself I struggle with. I love my dad to death, but after my mom passed away, I was like, man, this dude is always drinking. Like, I know you're here, but I need you here. <clears throat> I would struggle with it. And as I grew older, I had that love-hate relationship. I loved him. He taught me a lot of wonderful things, but I also was very hateful towards him because I felt like he could have done a way better job. And it wasn't until I became a parent that I realized, man, you don't know everything. You're always trying to do the best with what you know. And that's when I started to change my perspective and really talk with them and have conversations. And I came to learn, like, the reason that he drove him to drink, the reason it drove him to use drugs was because he couldn't hide the pain of my mom's passing. And he often felt like he was the cause of why she got murdered. The truth was, man, you can't control somebody else's actions when they choose to do that. And he had nothing to do with it. But from my view, I was like, yo, man, I'm right here. Why don't you love me? Why don't you care for me? When he was doing the best that he knew. I say that now because, man, church, I don't know what your relationship is with your parents. But, man, you never know what they were going through when they were trying to love you and care for you. It's when we honor and we love them, we push past this, man, that God is going to do a work. He's going to change things. He's going to make you that better parent, that better person. So I'm sorry if you have a hard childhood, man. There's no replacing that. But what we can do is prevent it from happening to our kids and moving forward. You know, I touched on it briefly last week. I talked about God and the fruit that he blesses with, right? That he wants us to give us good fruit to bless and multiply in our life. But the truth is, good fruit isn't the only thing that can multiply in your life. Bad fruit can multiply as well. 
And whenever we don't identify this, we don't work through these things, that's what's going to get multiplied. So we could think, you know what, if I just cancel out my parents, then I'm going to be a good person. But let's be real. A lot of times you are your parents. Them same traits that you were mad about, that you were, man, angry with, you pass them on to your kids. And it isn't until you hear a sentence that they've said and you repeat it that you realize, like, oh, dang, I sound just like my parents. It happens. Everybody's freaking out. Man, it's just the microphone died. There's another mic back there, but it don't matter. So y'all good? But we have an opportunity to change what happens next. It doesn't have to continue on. That's what we read in the Word of God. What do you say? When you honor and you love your parents, then you will have a full life. Y'all good? I didn't even need a microphone. I want to read in Ephesians, though, what it says in chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Y'all need to turn down a little bit. Honoring your father and mother. This is the first commandment. Check this out. With a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And then you will have a long life on this earth. God calls us all to do the right thing. Not make sense of it. It's not always easy. We're not always going to have an understanding of doing it. Sometimes you're not even going to want to do it. But our obedience isn't for them. It's for God. He's not asking you to be a doormat that's always getting ran over. He's saying, man, if you would be obedient to what I'm asking you, if you would honor me, if you would do the right thing, man, watch out what's going to change things in your life. Watch how you're going to multiply good fruit in your life. We can honor our parents through God's way. We can prevent generational curses from continuing the mistreatment in our families, man. We can cut those branches and burn them. It don't have to continue on. And the reason a lot of times it does continue on, because we're not honoring our parents. We're not following God's example. We're not following God's words. We're allowing that bitterness, that hatefulness, that resentment, all those feelings to get projected back on them. And guess who's watching? Your kids. And they're saying, okay, if that's how they're treating their parents, then when I'm in that position, when they're older, I know it's okay for me to do the same. And it gets passed on, and it gets passed on, and it gets passed on. But God said, man, if you honor one man, you're going to be passing on something that's worthy to be passed down. Honoring them comes with the promise of God's blessing on another side of our obedience. So that's where we got to start. But loving and honoring our parents. And if that's difficult, man, I get it. I got firsthand experience in that. Like I said, I love my dad. I wish he was alive today, but I'm glad that we had that opportunity to fix our relationship. I'm glad I had an opportunity to love him and to honor him, even though he wasn't the easiest man to deal with. Because it gives me hope that the things that I experienced as a kid, my kids don't have a clue about. And their kids won't have a clue about. And that generation in my family is cut off. Nothing but good fruit is going to come from our family tree. 
I want to continue to read, though, in Ephesians 6, and I want to read the next verse, verse 4. Because it goes to us as a parent. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Don't provoke them. At times, we can be so driven to the things we're trying to teach them. We want them to learn that we don't realize we're canceling out the message. In our mind, we're thinking, man, we're so motivated. Man, look how easy I'm making my situation for my child. They're really going to get this message. And our kids are like, yo, man, all you're doing is barking at me all the time. You're nagging on me all the time. You're always on my case. As a parent, though, you're like, I'm doing a good job. I'm teaching them the ways of the Lord. We don't realize how we're treating them in the process and how we're canceling out the lessons that God is asking us to pass down. We think we're building them up and we're really discouraging them. We're breaking them down. I want to read. I want you to take this away. How we treat a child is just as important as what we teach them. How we treat a child is just as important as what we teach them. And I know most adults, what do we do? We think about our parents, we think about our upbringing, and what do we say? Man, these kids are soft. These kids, man, if these kids were me, man, I would've got whooping, you know what I'm saying? You know how that story goes. Man, I walked to school in the snow. We think about all this stuff, and our kids are looking at us like, man, you've been, you got some mental health issues. <laughs> You are so traumatized, you don't realize your trauma is trauma and giving me trauma. As a parent, what do you think? I'm doing a great job. They don't understand how graceful and nice I am to my kids. Sometimes we don't know, man, the message is not getting delivered. As a parent, you just see how your child isn't listening, how they're not paying attention, they don't understand what you're telling them. And the child sees the flip side. Man, they're talking to me crazy. I don't know why they're yelling at me. I want you to think about your relationship with the Lord, though. How does he talk to you? Does he belittle you? Does he yell at you? Does he embarrass you? Does he try to make you feel small? No, nah, he doesn't. He talks to you in a way that he knows you're going to understand, you're going to receive. He comes to your level. He's patient with you. He's gracious to you. And that's what he expects us to be with our child. Did you know that research shows that 70% of kids that grow up in the church, by the time they're 18, they leave the church. They never return. They're gone. And oftentimes, what do we do? We think about that verse, and it's a verse I'm going to share with y'all today, right? Man, teach your children the ways of the Lord. They would not depart from it. We start thinking, man, I taught them the ways of the Lord. I don't get it. But God's like, man, you don't understand how you was telling them. Your delivery was all wrong. Your message might have been right, but your delivery, the way you were treating them, it's canceling everything out. Now, as a parent, there's a lot of things outside of home we can't control. But it's inside your home that you have all control. You have the ability to shape what they are, what that relationship looks like, how you treat them. 
It's up to you. Have you ever had a job where you had a boss that was just hard? That you were working for and you were like, man, these schools are working my nerves. I'm getting ready to walk out. <laughs> and everything they were telling you, it's, it's a truthful thing. What they asking for you wasn't nothing above what you were supposed to do. But it's just the way they came at you. It's the way they talked to you. It made you feel like you weren't appreciated, that you didn't have no worth, that they didn't care for you. I used to work at a place, I'm not gonna say the name of it, okay? Let's just say, I, I slain chicken, okay? <laughs> and I knew how to do everything at this place. I'm talking cashier, cook chicken, I can do everything. And I would just be like, man, I appreciate the hours, but when y'all gonna increase my pay, when y'all gonna give me a title, when y'all gonna do something? The manager was like, hey, it's up to the owner. So I was like, okay. One day, we had a meeting with the whole staff, and the owner was there. And I said, oh, this is my time. And the staff, and he's talking to everybody, and the owner is telling us, hey, man, there's going to be this expected of you. He keeps demanding all these things, right? And I was just waiting. I said, when is the Q&A? When can I ask you a question? And it was finally, all right, anybody got any questions? <laughs> I said, yeah, man, I, I get what you're saying, and I don't have a problem doing any of those things, but, uh, like, are you going to increase our pay? Are you going to, you know, make different people leaders? Like, what are you going to do besides just demand and talk to us kind of crazy? Let's just say the conversation didn't go well. And so I didn't handle it well. I remember acting a fool and walking out and quitting. I said, you know what? This ain't worth it. I can go get another job. I can start all over. But think about your kids. They can't leave. They can't just get up and go to another house. They can't start all over. We don't realize that when we're the owner, when we're the boss of the house, this is my house, you're gonna follow my rules, you're gonna do it my way. Our kids are like, I cannot wait to get up out here. Because everything they're telling me, like I don't even know if it's real or not, but I know they're driving me crazy. We gotta be careful of how we're treating them, how we're talking to them. So we could be canceling out the very thing that we're trying to teach them. We don't always understand this. But it's when you grow in your relationship with God, when you understand how he loves you, you understand how he treats you, you understand how he loves and just, and allows you to do the same with your child, with your parents. I want to read that verse in Proverbs 13, 24. This verse says, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. And those who love their children enough to care to discipline them. So those who spare the rod of discipline hate their child. And those who love their child care enough to discipline them. Part of loving and treating our kids in ways that are healthy and ways that they can receive and ways that are going to grow them in the right way is discipline them. I don't know if y'all saw it. My son, I love him to death, but that boy got all the energy, right? <laughs> He's running up and downstairs, running the hallway. I'm just like, oh man, not at church, man. Oh. Not today, but I'm going to talk about kids. I'm talking about treating my kids. <laughs> I had to whoop him, pull him to the hallway, me and him just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's hard, y'all. But it's better to discipline them to go without. I didn't have to spank them. And I would have if I had to. 
But there's a level that you have to get to with our child that you discipline your child in ways that are going to receive it. And think about yourself. Everybody is a different person in this room. None of us look the same. We all got different fingerprints. We all receive love differently. Did you know you're going to receive discipline differently too? You're going to learn differently too? That means you're going to have to be intentional of learning this about your child. Of learning what's the best way to treat them, to talk with them, to discipline them. But it's better to do that than to ignore it altogether. Nowadays, a lot of people are like, you know what, if I'm just friends with my child, they're going to be all right. They're going to know I always got their back. But whenever you have a hard conversation with them, they're going to feel like you're attacking them. They're not going to be able to receive it. You're not going to be able to discipline them. And the thing is, when they get older, it's going to be even harder. The older they get, the harder it is to start implementing discipline. When they're younger, it's a whole lot easier. The key, when you're young, is to be consistent in the discipline. But once they reach that phase, pre-teens, they're a teenager, man, not only are you going to need consistency, okay, but now you're going to need patience and grace way more than what you would even do with your smaller children. Because it's going to be so whole lot harder for them to learn whenever they've had a whole different way of learning before. Discipline. God's word tells us, hey, man, I want you to spare from them because I don't spare from you. I love you enough to discipline you, to correct you, to try to straighten you out, and I expect you to do the same with your child. But I want you to do it in a way that honors me. I want you to do it in a way that is loving, in a way that they can receive it. Oftentimes, what do we do? This worked for me, I know it's going to work for my child, and we try to do the same thing our parents did to them. Man, it's a different situation. We live in a different time, a different world, so what happened for you, what worked for you, might not be what works for them. But you're only going to learn that when you spend time being intentional with your child. Y'all know I got four kids, right? I'm working on the fifth. Nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> just playing. Y'all might have to go pray over my wife right now. So I want to. But every child in our house is different. That means every time I got to have a conversation, there are going to be different conversations. And sometimes my kids will be like, how come you don't talk to them like this? Or you don't tell them that? Because they only see their perspective, right? But they don't understand the difference in between each one of them. They don't understand how they learn differently, how they receive things differently. I have to learn it. I have to understand it. So I can be effective in what I'm trying to show them and teach them. We got to be intentional. We got to find out what's the best ways to love our child, to treat them. You know, one time I heard this guy say, man, a man without discipline is a man headed nowhere fast. And we live in a world full of discipline. You know, there's some federal and state buildings that house undisciplined people. And I used to be one of those undisciplined people. I say this, man, because it's so important that we love our kids, right, in a way that honors God, but also we discipline them in a way that honors God, too. They're going to be so much better for it. It's not always easy, man, but when you do this, you're going to help them be more successful than stressful later in life. They might not always like it. They might act like they don't receive it, but when you're doing it in the ways of the Lord, it's going to take root. You're going to plant something good. It's going to bear good fruit. It's going to take some time. You might not always be there to see the fruit of it, 
But you got to trust that you're doing it the way of him. Because if you do it your way, you do it your parents' way, man, you're just going to be repeating a cycle of another kid that's traumatized by their upbringing. Finally, the last relationships I want to talk about is your boo, your boyfriend, your girlfriends, your wives, your husbands, your exes, your romantic partners. When you do this the right way, when you do this God's way, man, you can truly be like his design. You can actually become one. And oftentimes, people forget that his design is for two people to become one. We don't realize that two people is two people, okay? That means there are two different upbringings, sometimes two different cultures, two different identities. It's two different worlds coming together to be one world. And if you understand the concept of two becoming one, this means that it's no longer about you. You're no longer Mr. Independent, Miss Independent. You're dying to that. You're starting to put the other person above yourself. And that's hard for a lot of people because the world's the world teaches. Oh man, there are plenty of fish in the sea. You can go and find you another one. So they're always searching for the right person. Man, my soulmate is out there. I, I'm going to find him. I know the Lord is going to bring me to the soulmate. I'm going to let you know something real honest the church. We all are hot mess. There's not a person in this place, in this planet, that got their life together that is perfect. That is that perfect partner. It's only when we are rooted in God, when we are rooted in Jesus, that we start to become those things. And that's the thing. See, for you to find a relationship, that's where it's got to start. You want to find somebody that has a relationship with the Lord. Because if you have a relationship and they don't, it's going to be unequal all the time. It's never going to be healthy. You're always going to be at odds. You're always going to have problems. And when I say it's all a hot mess, it's hard to be by yourself and then switch that to living with somebody else and trying to become one with them. But that's why our faith and our relationship with Jesus is so important. Because that's the only way you're going to learn these things. You're not going to learn it through a podcast or through a book. It's got to be that one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. I love Ephesians. It's really a good book, but especially chapter 5. Because in this chapter, they're talking about how you should be imitating Christ. You should be imitating Jesus. How the more that you do these things, the more fruit you start to see, the more stripping off all these things. And it really is a guide for all of our lives to how to live. But then at the end of this chapter, in chapter 5, it goes from talking about you when you're independent, when you're doing these things, to what happens when you're in a relationship, when you're in a marriage. And I want to read this to us this morning in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Because this is what it all breaks down to. This is what it all boils down to. Chapter 5, verse 21. He says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So this indicates we got to surrender our interests, our desires, who we are in regard and treating the other person in a way that we would Jesus. Reverence is to have a deep respect. 
is to really pause and think about another person above yourself. And he said, I want you to do it in a way that you would with Jesus. Not necessarily the person in front of you, but how would you handle it if Jesus was right here next to you? See, it's no longer about you. It's about how you can love and serve one another the way that God loves and serves you. I want you to take this away this morning. When we live as a servant to God, we can love better who we serve. When we live as a servant to God, we can love better who we serve. Many people in relationships that are unbalanced. It's all about, okay, I love this person to the extent that I'm going to receive something from it. That I'm going to be loved. And if you're in a relationship like that, it's always going to be one-sided. It's always going to be unbalanced. There's going to be one person that's blind and the other person that's selfish. One person who's loved, the other person who's in love with themselves. One person who's hurting, the other person who doesn't see hurt. It's always going to be missing the blessing of God because it's not aligned with God. That's what many people don't get. Many people think, oh, I can do all these different things and it's going to make our relationship healthy. But if your relationship isn't built on the Lord, it's never going to last. If the word of God says that you are building on seeking sand when you build on anything else besides him. And that's the truth. And I say that as a person that's experienced that time and time again in my life. Every time I try to build something without the Lord, it crumbled. As soon as the wind came, it took it. As soon as something small happened, the whole house came down. It's only in the Lord that you're going to find the stability that you're looking for. It's only in the Lord that you're going to learn to surrender to yourself and love the other person better. Amen. Amen. It has to be done that way. A lot of times we're asking God to bless something that he's not even a part of. God, would you bless this relationship? The Lord's like, you ain't even including in the relationship. You got me looking from the outside, but now you want my blessing, huh? And if the blessing doesn't come, we're just, we don't understand it. Maybe I didn't pray it the right way. Maybe I asked for the wrong thing. Maybe this isn't the person for me. We start thinking all these different things. Man, you have to be rooted in Jesus. That's what it all comes down to. You got to find your partner that's rooted in Jesus. Because that's when they're going to love you the way that God loves you. And that's when you're going to learn to love them the way that God loves you. If not, it's going to be unsigned. It's going to be one-sided. You can love somebody like Jesus, but if they don't have a relationship with God, they're not going to love you that same way. And then you're going to be like, man, I don't understand why they don't love me like this. Look what I'm doing for them. I'm doing everything I could. Lord, why aren't, they, why aren't you blessing this? He's like, because they don't even know me. You barely getting to know me. Doing relationships outside of God's design is going to create conflict that makes your partner your enemy. We've got to do it with them, church. Without them, man, instead of growing together, we're going to be growing apart. We're going to be growing independently. We're not going to be growing as one. I saw this diagram a long time ago, and I was going to put it, but I didn't. And it always made me think that's how it all goes down to. And it's a triangle. It has two different people on each side. It has God in the middle. As they grow closer to God, they grow closer together. That's the reality of this, of all of this. You see, because God has the ability to repair any relationship. I've known people that have gotten divorced 
because they weren't following the Lord. They fell on the Lord. They got remarried. They're successful today because they put God as the center. They put God as the foundation. God has the ability to restore anything that we will allow Tim to work in. A lot of times we, we try to do relationships like we do math. We do it by addition. We think one plus one equals two. So there's two of us. Two can tangle. You know what I'm saying? But God is God of multiplication. He says one times one times one equals one. His word says that you will become one. His word says two are good together. But when you add three, when you add me in the mix, it's unbreakable. You become one. God wants us to become one with him. When we become one with him, man, we can see every relationship get blessed. That's what all of this comes down to. If we want relationships to be healthy, we got to do it by the way he designed it. If we're doing it outside of that, we're always going to have problems. It's never going to work out. We're always going to feel like we're failing. We're always going to feel like we didn't find the right person. We're always going to be searching for all these different things. But all you got to do is search for the Lord. You search for him, all those other things get blessed. And it flows on down. So this is the challenge that I have for everybody. We have to love like God loves you. We have to love like God loves you. But what does that mean? Well, think about your parents. Think about the parent that God is to you. That's what he's asking you to do with them. But God, they didn't treat me well. I don't care. Love them anyway. But God, they don't even call me. I don't care. Call them. But God, you don't know the hell that they put me through. I don't care. I want you to pray that they end up in paradise with you. God wants us to love Everyone, the way that he loves us, includes our children. We're so hard on our children because we want the best for them. We think we're doing it so right. But if you're doing it outside of God, you create a whole lot of mess. I love my children to death, man. But I know I can't do it without them. I'm not going to love them the right way that they need. I'm not going to treat them the way that they need. Man, I got to love them the way that he loves me. The same thing with our romantic partners, right? Even those exes. You might have some people that you hurt, but when you love God the way that he loves you, man, you can love them, forgiving them, letting go, moving past it, receiving healing. Church, we got to love the way that God loves us. We do that, it blesses every relationship we're there. It's that hard, it's that simple. And that's what I pray for all of us. That we will be people that are so in love with God, it flows out to everybody else. Yeah. People are like, I don't even know why they love me like that. They don't even, you know what I've done to them? <laughs> I see they love God. It don't make no sense. But that's the beauty of God. That's what he can do for us. That's what I'm going to pray over us right now. Father, we thank you for love. We thank you how it can wash away the deepest of pains. How we can heal the deepest of wounds. 
We thank you that love can bring sunshine and darkness. It can be restoration to dead situations. Father, help us love others the way that you love us. Your word talks about a love. Man, I love others the way that God loves me. That's hard for us to grasp. Because sometimes we don't understand the magnitude of the way that you love us. So Father, help us grow in a deeper depths of love with you. Where that same grace that you extend to us, that same forgiveness, that same treatment, that same honor, that same love, Lord, will get passed on to our parents, to our children, to our partners, to our families, to our friends, to strangers, Lord. Father, you are love, so help us be love with you. Father, I think about all the holidays that we have in this world, how we bring all these different celebrations. And it's funny, all the things we would do to celebrate a holiday. And your word tells us that a life with you, man, it's a holiday every day. That's a celebration every day. So help us receive that and walk in that, Lord. Help us love the way that you love us. Bless every marriage, every relationship, and our friends and our family, Lord, that is currently struggling. Instead of looking at the other person and what they can do right, or even thinking about their own faults, Lord, but they just go to you and allow you to lead the way. Father, we need you. We can't do this without you. So we just thank you that you're willing. We thank you. you always made yourself available. We thank you for all the promise that has come on the other side of our obedience to love. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.